We Turned Out Okay is a show about children and families. You get to see into the mind of a child development expert, and you'll learn tons about kids and why they do what they do. It's for grown-ups, so it's not always G-rated. But it's almost always PG. And we'll let you know when it's PG-13 or higher. Also, you can expect some rabbit holes and detours. But we return to the topic at hand. Besides, rabbits are awesome. What have you got against rabbits? Anyway, sit back, relax, and prepare to learn about how to stay sane while raising your little kids. Enjoy the show! Come on, guys! We turned out okay. The modern parent's guide to old school parenting. I want to hang upside down from the swing set. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay with host Karen Locke Cole. I want to climb to the top of that tree. And now, here's your host, Karen Locke Cole. Hey, it's Karen. Uh, just before we jump into the meat of this episode, I wanted to get in and share something with you. And that is this. This episode... I, I've been really feeling really conflicted about publishing it at all. And um, it's not because I don't feel really strongly about what I'm going to talk about today. It's not because I don't have, I'm trying to, it's funny, I'm trying to get my words together. Um, it's not because I, I don't, I, these are the experiences that I have had that have led me to, to, you know, make this episode. And uh, one of those experiences actually is being a teacher myself. And I, I had a real issue sort of, I, I stopped, I hit stop. And then I thought to myself, is this going to hurt my listeners feelings? And um, I wanted to get in here and basically explain why I did this episode before you hear it so that you'll know that I'm not trying to hurt feelings. Um, what I'm trying to do is kind of raise an awareness of like, what's really happening in education today and um, the dangers that that presents. And I, w I was worried basically if you're a parent, because I didn't want you to feel a sense of despair. In fact, after the break, you'll hear that I I try to give some really um, not difficult, but like things that you can do to make it so that um, to the subject of today's episode, which is indifference, um, how schools cultivate indifference. And, and what I wanted to do is give you a sense of like how you could not have an indifferent child, like what you can do at home to help that not happen. Um, and so I don't want you to feel... Um, upset, I guess. I mean, if you feel upset, I, I would want to hear about it. I really, really do. Uh, but mostly what I want you to know is that I, I'm not, I don't have a finger in your face. I say that a lot on this show. I'm sitting with you. In fact, these have been my experiences as well. In fact, I was a teacher and I was really invested in education. And um, it took a lot for me to stand up and say, this is not working for my child. I am looking at my own child and the experiences that he's having in school in first and second grade and kindergarten are making him sick. And, and um, it's not his fault. It's the, the issue is with the system as a whole. And so also the other thing I wanted to mention in here is if you're a teacher, I don't want you to hear what I'm going to say today as like a, 
a stain on you. Um, I think that the problem is much, much bigger than individual teachers, administrators, schools, even like towns (laughs) and school districts. Because everybody in those school districts is there because they want to help. You know, they want to they want to do good by children and they want they want children's lives to be enhanced. And uh, I believe what I have seen and what I've experienced and what I've been taught and what I've learned is that the system as a whole is broken. And so as I'm talking today in this episode, I want you to remember that this is a system wide problem. It doesn't have it is not I'm not casting aspersions on you if you're a teacher or you if you're a parent. Um, this is what I this is what I see and what I believe is wrong, what part one of what I believe is wrong. And also, this is how I think it can be fixed. And if you're here and you're listening, uh, I hope that you will give these ideas a chance before you, I don't know, shut it off and and email me with some all capital <laughs> kind of words. Um, I I think sometimes we have to hear hard truths and this is one of those times. So so that's the first thing I wanted to say in in this uh quick little sort of before the show kind of thing. The second thing that I want to say is um in the later part of this episode you're going to hear me talk about bells, like the the bells that you you know that that move people from place to place in schools. And um I thought about something I realized after I hit stop that like Here's another thing that could be an issue, right? Um, when we are training kids to come and go to the sound of a bell, which is what bells do so well, uh, not only are we teaching them to be indifferent, but we are also, uh, these, I do say this, these, the bells were developed um, at the same time as the Industrial Revolution was really kicking off or, or getting going. And um, so the schools became really great places to teach people how to come and go to the sound of a bell. And now that is as unimportant as it ever was teaching kids. Pardon me. I'm so sorry. Teaching kids to come and go to the sound of a bell and to stop what they're doing and, and, and think on some other track is, uh, and to basically work on somebody else's agenda and at the at somebody else's timetable is super de duper dangerous, probably more dangerous now than at any time in history, because um, now is when we need to be teaching our kids to um, to to be able to think for themselves and be able to kind of come up with ideas for their own livelihoods. You know what I mean? And, and put things into into place that will help them put food on the table for their families and um and fulfill them their own you know their own the the things that they really really want to do in their lives and um the fact that schools are still stuck on bells um is to me is just a huge problem and again this is not it's not i'm not it's not an indictment of individual teachers schools administrators towns uh, this is a system-wide problem, and I, I, I'm recording this episode today because I really want to get you involved in a conversation about how it could be and how it should be for our kids. And so I really hope that that is how you take this. Um, and with that, I am just going to uh, welcome you to this episode and bring you into um, the the main part of the episode. So uh, thank you so much for listening, and um, I hope you enjoy the show. And 
and that, you know, you get something positive out of this show. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay. This is episode 298 of the show that helps you change your child's behavior from bad to good, feel happy inside, and truly enjoy the time that you spend with your family. I am Karen Locke Culp. I am the creator of this podcast and the founder of WeTurnedOutOK.com. I am a child development expert and I have been working with parents and kids now for a combined 15 years. 15 years? I say that. It's almost, it's like squeakingly close to 15 years. So uh, this is maybe one of those things where you can't think of it as like, I'm already at 15 years because like uh, that'll be coming in January that I can say I've been working at this now for 15 years. And I'm, I'm rather excited about that, <laughs> to be truthful. So um, welcome to the show. If you are new, welcome. If you are uh, you know, have, have already been a listener for a long time. I'm excited about this one. It is we're kicking off a four part series that I'm thinking of as how to stop school from screwing up your child. And this one uh, has been inspired by quite a few things, honestly, um, working with uh, parents in my private coaching community, uh, where I mentor parents through, uh, oftentimes what I am mentoring them through are the struggles that come up when school starts or, or when things come up in school, issues that come up in school. And um, I've been through that with my own child where, uh, with one of them, um, where he really felt like he was a bad kid because he couldn't do math. You know, he really felt like he, the, the, the sort of academic pressures of school were really, really hard for him when he was when he was little, and it, it's not because he was unintelligent. Um, it was because he he wasn't in the right, he wasn't ready. He couldn't do what they were asking of him in school. And um, I started reading the the writings of a, a man named John Taylor Gatto. We've, we've, he's actually come up on this show before um, because he's a huge part for me of like how to frame education for, for kids and and um, what we can do to to help them get a better education, but also as part of that to to feel happy within themselves and to feel like they can be successful. So I, I I'm not even sure that I could link to the amount of times that he, that his his you know his ideas have come up. And um, for me, I started reading John Taylor Gatto when we decided to start homeschooling. And I want to say right here and now, you do not have to homeschool. Like that's not what the point of this episode is to convince you, oh, the only way to do this is to homeschool. It's going to work for some people and it's not going to work for some people. Um, and, And that can be, that can have to do with like our own mindset and, and the circumstances in which we live. You know, if you're a single parent, likely you are not homeschooling because you can't do both. You can't, you can't, be with your child for those, uh, for the hours that, that, you know, that you would spend homeschooling if you are also working. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're, it's just really, really hard to, if you're working outside the home, particularly to, um, to do that. And I know people who, uh, in fact, I have for, for years now have, have done a, a, a good job, um, homeschooling while podcasting and while building we turned out okay.com. 
Um, so it's certainly possible. I mean, I basically what that means is I do my work before anybody else is awake. And that means I'm up a lot of mornings at five or 515 or whatever. And, um, and also, things have improved for me in terms of not feeling like I shoulder the whole burden of homeschooling because my kids have gotten older. And uh, we have found some great mentoring programs for them. And um, one of them is now in college. He's a freshman in college. So like we're I'm in a different place than you. But we were homeschooling when they were young. And um, and John Taylor Gatto is a big part of the reason. Um, I want to say, too, that you can you can approach you can not let school screw up your kid while having them in school. Um, I'm I'm I created this series that's going to spool out over these next weeks um, because I wanted you to be able to know it kind of anticipate how how school might screw up your child and like what you could do about that um, in the hours that they're not in school and and how you can help them frame thinking about their own learning um, and their educations and their lives. So what I'm going to do here is read from a book called Dumbing Us Down, which is by John Taylor Gatto, as I said. Uh, and I don't have the exact dates in front of me, but John Taylor Gatto was, um, he was a teacher in the sort of late, I believe it was like the late 90s, early, I would say late 90s. He, um, he'd been a, te- he was a veteran teacher. So he, he taught in the New York City school system for, um, for many years, I think decades. And in one of the years of, of the late 90s, he was voted um, the New York City Teacher of the Year. And then the next year, he was voted both the New York City and the New York State Teacher of the Year. So an outstanding teacher, a teacher who's really good at helping kids um, become educated. And uh, I, I think we can all get into like what that means. But um, but he was honored in this way. And then the second year, the year that he won both New York State and New York City, he quit teaching. And he wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. And the, the op-ed basically said, I'm leaving teaching because I'm doing I'm doing a lot of damage to these kids. Like I'm not so much teaching them as damaging them. In fact, what I am going to read today is a part of um, the this, okay. So I, I've I've now got a little uh, a little blurb I can read. Okay, this is called the Seven Lesson School Teacher, and this is a speech that John Taylor Gatto gave on the occasion of him being named New York State Teacher of the Year for 1991. Okay, so it was actually 91, not not in the late 90s. And um, I'm going to read one small part of this today. And the part I am going to read is, uh, so as I said, this is the seven lesson school teacher. So what he's doing here is he's teaching seven He's got seven lessons that he wants to impart to the to the listeners who are the the teachers and the parents and the people at this award ceremony. And um, I'm going to read the third lesson, which is entitled Indifference. And this is the way that I'm choosing today to talk about how school can screw up your kid, which is which is indifference. Okay, so here's from John Taylor Gatto. The third lesson I teach is indifference. I teach children not to care too much about anything, even though they want to make it appear that they do. How I do this is very subtle. I do it by demanding that they become totally involved in my lessons, jumping up and down in their seats with anticipation, competing vigorously with each other for my favor. It's heartwarming when they do that. It impresses everyone, even me. 
When I'm at my best, I plan lessons very carefully in order to produce this show of enthusiasm. But when the bell rings, I insist they drop whatever it is we have been doing and proceed quickly to the next workstation. They must turn on and off like a light switch. Nothing important is ever finished in my class, nor in any class that I know of. Students never have a complete experience except on the installment plan. Indeed, the lessons of Bell's is that no work is worth finishing, so why care too deeply about anything? Years of Bell's will condition all but the strongest to a world that can no longer offer important work to do. Bell's are the secret logic of school time. Their logic is inexorable. Bells destroy the past and future, rendering every interval the same as any other, as the abstraction of a map renders every living mountain and river the same, even though they are not. Bells inoculate each undertaking with indifference. And so the first way that we can screw up our children is by teaching them to be indifferent, to not care too much about anything. I, I chose this as the first one because... Uh, especially when kids are starting school, Um, whether a new year of school, but also a new school, you know, going from one school to another school. And also, um, you know, as they're just getting started, like in their school lives, uh, they, particularly the younger they are, the more they're going to care. I've heard it said, um, I've heard somebody say, I can get up in front of a class of kindergartners and, and um, say to them, can you make a really great, who in here, raise your hand if you can make a really great painting. And every hand will go up among the five-year-olds in kindergarten. And then I can say the same thing to a 15-year-old 10 years later. I can say, raise your hand if you think you can make a really great painting. And no hands will go up because those are people who have learned <clears throat> to not care too much about anything in John Taylor Gatto's words. And... Um, it's a dangerous thing to teach and it is taught insidiously and, and frighteningly. And I want to get into, after the break, I want to get into like how we can teach the opposite of indifference, how we can make it so that our kids continue to care, even, you know, even if they are uh, in school and, and as they go through their lives, how we can teach them to care. So stay tuned for that. That is coming up after the break. Welcome to The Break for episode 298. This is a super special episode because it is part one of How to Not Let School Screw Up Your Child. It's a series that I am uh, letting unspool over the next several weeks. And um, these are the Just You and Me episodes, so we're going to have guest episodes. We're going to have Your Child Explained episodes in interspersing. It's not going to be a solid four weeks of like how school will screw up your kid. There's going to be other things to um, to learn as we go along as this fall kind of unfolds. Each week on Mondays in our We Turned Out Okay Facebook group, I do a Magic Words for, for Parents. It's a five three to five minute like Facebook live uh, video. And this one is the one that I just did in real time this past Monday was about letting kids finish what they start. And what I want to do is kind of frame that for you. Some of these magic words for parents are like mindset things. And and this one is going to be about letting kids finish what they start. So uh, go to weturnedoutok.com slash 298 for all of the links I'm going to talk about in this break. Um, and the first one is 
the the link to join our Facebook group or to um, get in there if you are a member and you've already joined. I always have in these breaks a parenting news segment. And these last few weeks as the fall has gotten started, I have... I can tell I've been in a kind of a headspace of like the going has gotten tough, uh, not just for me in my personal life, but for for people that I work with most closely, um, you know, for the parents that I mentor, for example, in my ninja parenting community, um, for people who listen to the podcast, like this has been, there's just a lot of kind of fall energy. And that's not always good. Like fall can, can, can bring tough things as well. And so in my own life, I've been looking for TED Talks on positivity. And I wanted to share one with you. I shared one last week with you. Um, and I just decided, you know what, I'm going to share another one this week. And who knows, maybe there will be a third next week. <laughs> so this week's parenting news is about a a woman named Allison Ledgerwood, who, sh- who studies, she create, she's created some really, really interesting studies about how our language will help help us feel positive or negative. And she's got a um, a TED Talk called A Simple Trick to Improve Positive Thinking. And one of the quotes, well, one of the quotes that I took away from this, one of the ideas that I took away from it is, I'm going to state it in a quote from Alison Ledgerwood in her talk. She says, we literally have to work hard. <laughs> I'm going to start that again. I, You know what, you guys, here's my pledge. I'm going to start writing things in handwriting that is actually legible so that when I go to read it back, I know what it says. I like wrote these words like five minutes ago and here I am. Okay. What she says is, we literally have to work harder to see the upside of things. And um, that is part of her simple trick to improve positive thinking is the idea that like, first we have to understand it's harder work to see the positive side of things. And um, I'm not going to give it away her simple trick. I really want you to go and watch this um, TED talk. I found it persuasive and um, really, really just, it did make me feel much happier. And it, it supported me in, in bringing this episode to you. I mean, it supported me in kind of like framing everything for myself um because we can we can get really dragged down by the negative and here's a way that you can you can stay positive so that's our parenting news for this week i every week i uh, on wednesdays i send out an e uh, uh, an email newsletter it's called the weekly newsletter weekly parenting newsletter and this week's was uh, uh, called help for when you feel like you can't win at parenting. And the basis for this was a video I made for a ninja parent, a woman in my ninja parenting community, who um, has been dealing with the most unbelievable negativity from her from her young child. He's been getting in huge trouble at school, at home. He has been, he's been spitting. He has been slapping teachers. He's been kicking. He's been having tremendous temper tantrums. Um, things going on both at home and at school. And I created a, a quickie video. Um, well, I say quickie, <laughs> the transcript. Not I also, I recorded it as a podcast episode. And last week, I if you're listening in real time, I did a bonus episode called something along the lines of uh, what to do when your child is being aggressive and having temper tantrums and stuff like that. And so, so it's like a 25 minute long uh, podcast episode, but that's because um, for me that is a quickie video, <laughs> and I outline three ways that um, that this that this woman in our private coaching community um, can 
can feel like she's win at parent, winning at parenting. And I wanted to bring those to you. Um, so in, it's in a podcast episode, but I'm also in this weekly parenting newsletter. I am breaking it down. I'm, I'm taking a week to, to look closely at each one of these of the ways that I'm I'm suggesting helping um, and this like for when you feel like you can't win at parenting. And the first way is to put your child's behavior in perspective so that you don't get overwhelmed. And um, I, if that seems impossible, I really want you to, to sign up for my weekly newsletter. Go to weturnedoutok.com slash weekly. Uh, the second part of this is going to be coming out Tomorrow, if you're listening in real time, Wednesday, the 20, uh, no, Wednesday, the 2nd of October. And um, I will include links to the first one because I love to do, I like to do that in a series where um, if I'm in the middle of a, of a series, I'm going to want to link to the earlier parts of that in the newsletter. So, um, so not only will you get the next tool uh, that we're looking at in depth, which is, is it really about like, what to do when your children are kind of how to frame their behavior as like their way of trying to help to to make themselves feel safe. And what they do is they continually push boundaries to do that. So the weekly newsletter gets into all of that. And um, if you would like some help for when you feel like you can't win at parenting, when you are just super duper struggling because your child is being really aggressive, or if you're having other struggles, um, or if they're super, super bad, like if their behavior is awful and you just you just are like, oh my God, I can't do this for another day. Go to weturnedoutok.com slash weekly, W-E-E-K-L-Y, and um, sign up for my weekly newsletter because that is where you will be able to read about this. Thank you so much for all of your emails. Um, one of the nice things about when people do sign up for the newsletter is I send you a... a a letter initially, as soon as you sign up, that comes into your inbox. And what it says is, um, what's, what is your biggest challenge right now while you, you know, as a parent? And I'm excited because I've been getting, I've been getting a lot of great questions. So I can write back to you right away and, and get you started. Um, you know, I usually try to, try to, uh, either offer some advice or even sometimes I will, I'll try to find a podcast episode that I've already recorded so that, that the person who writes to me can get some help. Um, I've actually even been turning these now into um, at w- the Your Child Explained episodes that we're going to have over this fall. Quite a few of them are going to be answering these questions that I've gotten via email. So um, so if you're having a challenge, um, join the weekly newsletter just so that you can um, you can get that first letter from me and you can write me back and I will write you back with some with some encouragement, with some hugs, with some help. Um yeah, so thank you so much for all of those emails and for for whenever you, you know, give me a shout out in in Twitter or in Instagram, I'm at we turned out okay and I am just coming out of this kind of fall struggle time, so I'm getting better and better at um at posting in those places um and checking in with those places cuz when I when when I've got a, you know, long-time listeners will know I've got a chronic illness, I've got a tendon disorder and um, autumn is never a good time for me because there's a lot more to do. There's just a lot more that my body is responsible for than, than, you know, back in August. And, and, uh, so I, I have taken a, a fairly long extended break from places like Instagram, um, 
And I'm excited because I can, I'm starting to be able to get back in there. So jump over there and say hello. Thank you also so much for sharing about this show. Um, even if you share with one friend, it, it means so much to me that you would do that and you're helping them get the benefit as well. Um, thank you for subscribing so that you don't miss an episode. Sometimes I do do these bonus episodes, as I mentioned before, and it would be really cool if you subscribed because um, then you don't miss them and you get to do that little happy dance that we do when a podcast that we like um, updates. And also, finally, thank you for your positive reviews. They mean more than I can say. Uh, they, they, they keep me going um, because it's not all positive, you know. Like um, when you do something like this, when you when you put yourself out into the world, um, you're gonna get some, uh, you know, some blowback, and and some people aren't gonna agree with you, and some people are maybe gonna be vocal about that in a way that is unpleasant. And so uh, the positive reviews really, really help. Um, they just help me feel like I can keep going. And, and I thank you very, very much for that. I am now going to talk about our sponsor very soon. Today's show is brought to you by the amazing Janine Halloran, who's a friend of this podcast. She is an expert in teaching kids coping skills, and she's created something that I know you are going to love. I'm going to share more about what she has created in just a moment. Janine's sponsorship pays for production, editing, and web hosting for We Turned Out Okay. But before we get to that, my time in creating this show is supported by the members of our Ninja Parenting community. I teach ninja parents how to get good behavior from their children, how to handle their toughest parenting struggles, how to feel in tune with their kids and really enjoy family time like for real. The ninja parenting community works because it's all online. So help is there for you 24 seven, wherever you live and whatever time zone you are in. It's personalized to you. So you can always get help with whatever parts of raising children is most challenging. I like I literally, I'm in there every day and um, often I am making a, a video for one of the people in the community. Um, I, I sometimes will do these parent coaching calls, which are for members only. They're called live members only calls. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's help in there that's personalized to the members of the community. So I can help them with whatever they need to help, you know, help with most. Um, this community is always growing because our members are sharing their challenges and their struggles so that I can help them. Um, and also so that they can, they and we can support each other because it's more, it's more than just me like saying, oh, here's, you know, here's a, the answer to your question. It is all of us feeling like we're in this together and feeling like we can support each other. Learn more and become either a monthly or an annual member by going to weturnedoutokay.com slash join NPC. That's all one word. Okay, today's show is brought to you by the amazing Janine Halloran, creator of the Coping Cue Card Decks. These are the, this is the, the thing I'm so excited to bring you um, that, she, that she has created. You know Janine, she's been on the show lots of times and she teaches important stuff about how to help kids develop the coping skills necessary for handling curveballs that will come at them every day. Janine has created five different beautiful and super useful card decks that she calls the Coping Skills for Kids Coping Cue Cards. I asked her what she most wants you to know about these, and this is what she said. The cards are a fantastic visual reminder at those times when words are unable to get through. By exploring and identifying skills when kids are calm, those visuals are available to use when kids are starting to have big feelings. In other words, when they are not calm anymore. And Janine has given me permission to describe one particular card from one of the decks. There are five decks. Um, and today I chose a card from the movement deck. So this is how 
we can help our kids handle um, the stresses that come at them using movement through different movements. And this is like, so far, probably my favorite card. It's called bunny breathing. So the movement here that is going to help our kids cope and develop, this is the skill that we're helping them develop, is um, we're going we're gonna to ask them to be a bunny. So they're going to squat down and then they're going to hop up and twitch their noses up and down as they take quick little bunny sniffs. And she's literally written that on this card. Um, it, it says squat and hop. And so you've got a, an images of this little bunny squatting and hopping. And then at the bottom, it says twitch your nose up and down as you take quick little bunny sniffs. So the bunny breathing is sniff, 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 as they're squatting and hopping and squatting and hopping. And um, that, as I said, is just one of the cards. There are so many of these cards. Each deck includes at least 40, most have 44, and they help your child deal with sensory overload, with getting distracted, with learning to relax, and more. And they come in handy at home, at school, or wherever you go. You can use them as a visual reminder to help uh, to use one of the coping skills. Um, imagine the bunny breathing card like placed on your refrigerator so that every time your child feels like they're stressed out or something is bothering them or they've gotten big feelings, they're not calm anymore, they can look at that card and go, oh yes, I can do bunny breathing. Uh, they're a great help while traveling, while sitting in a restaurant, at social events and more. Um, so you should either click the link in the show notes or here is the link. It's copingskillsforkids.com spelled just like it sounds slash okay, which is spelled O-K-A-Y. And when you do that, um, Janine has created a, uh, a, a coupon code that you can use to order and get 15% off of your order for, for people who listen to our show. Um, and the code that you would use is all capitals, O-K-A-Y. So go to copingskillsforkids.com slash OK, and then use that code O-K-A-Y to get 15% off your order. And uh, when you do that, you are not only supporting our show, which you totally are, but you are giving your child critical tools for coping with challenging stuff. You're giving them tools they'll be able to use all of their lives. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, and now on with the show. Okay, back from the break. And before the break, we were talking all about um, how we can screw up our kids by um, by teaching them to be indifferent, by teaching them to uh, to not get too invested in anything, to not care too much about anything. And um, John Taylor Gatto, whose book I read from, uh, talks about how the one great way to help kids not care too much about anything is to keep interrupting them when they are into something, when they're busy with something. So he talks about this in terms of bells. Do you remember he talks about how like uh, the lesson of bells, he writes, is that no work is worth finishing. So why care too deeply about anything? And I mean, this just strikes a chill into my heart because we are teaching our kids uh, the lesson of bells from the very first moments that they are in um 
in school. We, 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 I mean, it's, it's extremely useful, right, to have them line up when the bell rings and to have them know when to go to lunch and when to go to gym and stuff like that. But um, it's done, <clears throat> I believe, other, elsewhere in, in John Taylor Gatto's writings is where I have read that um, history, kind of if, you, if we know our American history, schools were becoming more, I can't say automated, but they were becoming more regimented. That's the word I want. Just as the Industrial Revolution was really getting going. And so what, what the training kids to come and go to the sound of a bell in school was training them really for coming and going to the sound of a bell for work. So like when the factory bell rings, everybody goes to work. And when the next factory bell rings, everybody takes their lunch and so on and so forth. And so, um, so, I mean, if we think about that kind of factory work where you're, I have a friend, I have a college friend whose first job, she worked in a lipstick factory and from the time that that bell rang in the morning until lunch, and then from the time that the after lunch bell rang until the end of the day, she had a giant scooper. And what she did was she scooped lipstick containers from one bin to another bin. And that that is not work that you can really be invested in. I mean, can you imagine the the mind-numbing inanity of lifting lipstick containers from one bin to another bin using a big scoop um, for a person who uh, who had, you know, well, for any of us, but I'm thinking of this woman in particular, um, she's got a fantastic brain in her head. I mean, she was one of the funniest people that I hung around with in college. Um, I still know her today. She is still awesomely funny and she does a meaningful job now. She, she does a more meaningful job. In addition to raising, talk about a meaningful job, she's raising two adorable boys. Um, like she's got a great husband. Like um, that job that she spent eight hours a day at uh, does not in any way like reflect the ins the inner life of this woman that I I know and um I mean you can see having to inure yourself to a job like that to not care right because um how do you cope if you if you go into your job all gung ho and then it turns out that what you're doing is like moving lipstick containers from one place to another from one bin to another how do you how do you deal with that? You deal with it by not caring. Um, and when 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 we are teaching our little kids to come and go to the sound of a bell, um, we, we are we are helping them get ready for these jobs where they don't have to care about anything. I know that's not what you want for your young child. Um, and I don't. I guess I should say too. I don't mean to frighten you. Like I I feel like these. Uh, this can be pretty frightening, like the idea of of school screwing up our kid. And we can totally feel like, well, what am I going to do about the bells? Like kids come and go to the sound of bells in my in my local school. And there's, you know, there's nothing I can do about that. And while that may be true, um, we can do a lot about that in the time that we spend with them. And that's really what I want, the lesson that I want you to take from this today um, in their like what happens in school or at daycare is is what happens, right? We actually, we can't do a lot about that. Um, I'm working with someone right now who is having a hard time kind of letting go of the idea that like what happens in daycare is, um, I don't want to say stays in daycare, um, but like 
that's important work that her child is doing, her three-year-old is doing, um, is he is learning, he's getting in trouble at daycare and learning how to, um, because they're doing great things with him. So, so for example, if he's about to run out of the room, um, they've come up with the idea of putting a, like an image on the door that shows, oh, you can leave now with a green light or, oh, stop because you can't leave this room right now with a red light. And um, he's learning that like, he's learning through these kind of cues, this is not a time that I can leave the room. And that's important work for for a little kid to learn. Um, <clears throat> but I think it's a, a bigger lesson for us parents is like, when they're in school, they are gonna, they're gonna learn lessons they're going to they're going to be learning hopefully some positive things as well as things like that we might not be so thrilled about and we can't do anything about that so we well i <laughs> i say that right we can do some things about that we can what could we do if we felt like our child was in trouble in school or not enjoying their experience you know we can we could maybe make an appointment with the teacher we could maybe make an appointment with the principal we can we can try to work in concert with those people um, who also care about our kids very, very much. But what we cannot do is um, be there to support them all the while that they are at daycare or at school. We just we just can't. And that's an important lesson for kids to learn that they can um, handle things for themselves. When they make a mistake, they can atone for it. They can make up for it. And, and they can't do that if we are always kind of standing there doing it for them. That's not how that will work, right? So... Um, what we can do about this is um, because we can't do anything about the way the school day is run uh, is we can help them to to care about things by giving them uh, so John Taylor Gatto talks about students never have a complete experience except on the installment plan and uh, my idea here that I want you to kind of take from this is give your kids the time and space to have a complete experience. Um, so as you know, it's not always going to be possible, but as your child is, um, if you notice that they are totally into a painting that they're working on or um, that they are right in the middle of, of an exciting like block building time or um, they're playing with friends or toys or themselves, you know what I mean? They're, they're drawing or writing, they're doing something. Um, they're, they're flying a scarf around the house. If you can try to, um, give them a little bit more time to finish up that experience, to let it naturally come to a sort of a, a close before you say, oh, okay, now is the time that we have to eat dinner. Like if you can hold dinner for five minutes while they finish up their experience, whatever that is, um, that, that, that's a real gift that you're giving. You're teaching them to care because you're, you're giving them the opportunity to finish something that they started, right? You're, you're, you're helping them understand what I am doing here is important. And, um, that's, that's going to help inoculate them when there are, there, you know, when they're in school or when they're in daycare and they absolutely must stop playing with the blocks and clean them up now because it's lunchtime. You know what I mean? Um, it, it may seem counterintuitive. It may sort of feel like, well, actually it seems like the opposite should be true that like they wouldn't like, isn't the best way to teach them to come and go to the sound of a bell to like always be doing that. And I, I think that's 
that is true if all you want for them is to come and go to the sound of a bell. But that's not what we want. What we want is for them to start things and see them through, at least sometimes on their own timetable. So the game that they have started and that they are engaging in and playing in, that they can finish it on their own on their own timetable. Whenever they are ready to walk away from it, that's when it's done. That's what I think of as a complete experience. So when when they feel like their finger painting is done, that's when they can step away um, and help you clean up, you know, clean it up or whatever. Like you can say to them, when you're ready, let me know and we will wash your hands together or we will wash the brushes together or hang this up to dry or um, just whatever you whatever else you do, help them care uh, by giving them the time to finish things that they start. Um, and that is, that's today's, that's really today's episode. I want you to, um, I want you to, I guess I want you to think a little bit more critically about how schools and how like, uh, particularly schools, not so much daycare because they do have a little bit more flexibility, but schools uh, in particular can teach kids to be indifferent and just how dangerous that is for us as we're living our lives. We do not want kids who don't care we want kids who care very deeply. We're going to need that <laughs> when they're grown up. They're going to need to be able to care um, and to be able to show that and talk about it. And um, if you can do that, I think you're well on the way towards having a kid who does not get screwed up by school because they will have some inoculation, some idea that it doesn't have to be this way. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm wrapping it up today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of We Turned Out Okay. Um I'm so grateful that you are here, that you got me in your ears today. It really, really means a lot. I uh, Just as we wrap up, I have a special thanks to the 22-time winner of the Husband of the Year Award, our producer, Benjamin Colt, because he is always helping me um, all along. It's been obvious how much he cares, uh, how obvious that he is not indifferent. And um, we have together have been able to help our kids be caring and show that they care and not be indifferent. And um, I'm so grateful to him for that. He, as I said before, is the 22-time winner of the Husband of the Year Award, Benjamin Culp. And again, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to We Turned Out Okay. I want to date to Australia. Find us on the web at weturnedoutok.com, where you'll find show notes and more. What do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese. And remember, we only go around once. To be the best parents we can be, let's relax and enjoy the ride. I want to pee in the woods. Theater, 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 theater,